This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show with your boys, Jonathan and Luke. Luke, say what's up. What's up, guys? It is March 10th, 2020. It is Good Friday. You might be wondering why we're releasing an episode on Friday. Probably not. You probably read the title to this episode, but if you didn't by chance, we have a very exciting episode for you guys. Luke, tell them what's going on today. Yeah, so today we have uh, someone they might find a little more interesting uh, of a Jonathan. It is Jonathan Isaac, the unicorn. Uh, We got to sit down and and talk with him today, so uh, we really hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Once again, Jonathan, if you're out there listening, really appreciate you coming on to the show. We had a lot of fun, really enjoyed this conversation, and people are now sick of hearing our voices. They want to hear Jonathan Isaac. Mm Mm-hmm. So we will use this opportunity to get right into the interview. You guys have a great weekend. Have a happy Easter. All right, Orlando Magic fans, ladies and gentlemen, we are very happy to announce that we have the unicorn Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic on the podcast here. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time out. How are you doing, my man? My pleasure, John and Luke. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So we, I was listening to plenty of interviews over the past few days. I've got nothing else going on. We knew we were having you on. Wanted to be prepared. And one of the things was, uh, Magic fans know, uh, the running thing with you is, how tall is J.I.? Because it seems like you entered a 6'10", you grew a little bit. We really weren't sure. So can you set the record straight for us here on the Six Man Show? Are, are you 6'10"? Are you 7 foot? What, what are you at right now? You know, I, I think I've always been over 6'10", but I just mm-hmm. said it just because that's what I was used to saying all the time. But I'm... I'm Pretty much on basis of like them measuring me, like six eleven and three quarters. Gotcha. So we finally got it, Jonathan. We we got Ji's height, and uh, you guys can run with it. <laughs> well, I think what I think it is is because like if you look at you and Mo, right? You guys are both enormous. Like I'm just to put it frankly, like considered to the average person. But I think it's your hair that yeah. just makes you look so much taller than like Mo or or Vooch. And those other guys and everything like that. But, you know, being with this quarantine, we did also want to ask, because we know that you have family, you know, in the Bronx, in New York City. How is your family doing right now, Jonathan? How are they managing, you know, what it right now is like the epicenter of this pandemic in the U.S.? Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, my dad is really the, the main one in New York. So he's here with, with me um, in Orlando. Um, but I have some cousins and uh, uh, another brother and sister in uh, in New York. And everybody's doing OK. So everybody's OK. They're, they're pretty much bunkered down, just waiting for this thing to end. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that, definitely. So we're going to get right into some of the -the on-the-court stuff. We would be completely remiss and fail all the fans if we didn't ask some basketball questions. First and foremost, it's been about a little over four months now since we've seen you on the floor due to the knee injury. So first and foremost, how is the knee? How's rehab coming? How are you feeling? The knee is doing fantastic, Um, getting better and better each and every day. Uh, rehab has been it's been a little different just because of the whole uh, arena shut down but I've been they, the, the team has taken care of me they brought me a bike they brought me weights uh, and I just kind of get it in every single day do my bike workouts my, my weights on my knee to make sure everything is going smoothly but I'm, I'm really uh, happy about where I'm at yeah so kind of jumping into you know kind of shifting gears to um, something else is now, uh, there was something I saw the other day that said, uh, I think you're doing an interview with NBA TV um, at the Rookie Day photo shoot. 
Yeah. And they said to you, um, you know, what what are your what do you think you bring to the team um, to which you kind of touched on um, guarding all five positions on the court and priding yourself in defense in that respect, um, which we've seen rain true um, as Orlando fans since you've been here. Um, but then you talked about, you know, you you'd like to put on some weight. Um, would be kind of your weakness, so to say. Um, and so since then, we've seen that happen, and we've seen you um, put that weight on. Um, are you happy with where you are um, in terms of your weight and, and what you've put on? Do you want to do more? Is there another weakness that you have that you're kind of prioritizing now? Uh, can you guys tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say absolutely trying to still trying to put weight on. I'm trying to make another big jump uh, this summer. And actually, this kind of this pause helps that. Um, so make another big jump in weight this summer. Try to get to like 240. Um, I'm around 225, 226 right now. Um, so being able to get to 240 is going to be really good for me. And yeah, that's probably much the biggest focus of the summer. Right. Yeah. I think Josh Robbins reported last summer that you came into the season around 234 or so. And obviously, as you get into training camp and a lot of the conditioning, some of that weight is going to come off. But what are, what are some of the challenges right now as far as this quarantine? Obviously, you can't go to the store every time you would like to. Obviously, like you mentioned, you don't have full access to the team facility. So right now, what, is it, what does a typical day look like for you? You're trying to rehab the knee. You're trying to you know put on some extra weight if you're able to do so. How are you navigating this quarantine from that aspect, Jonathan? Uh, well, well, actually, the, the pause actually helps that just because, you know, the team is doing a great job. They, uh, Zach, our uh, nutrition guy, dropped off a bunch of shakes. Uh, yesterday so the team is doing a great job i got my equipment i can uh, knock out my workouts pretty much every day um so i wake up i, I start my rehab it's pretty much it's a pretty tedious kind of strenuous process just because rehab is like a lot of the same repetitions and everything over and over again so uh I, I get up and i knock that out i do an upper body lift and a bike workout um like each uh, every other day uh, to kind of stay on point and I'm, I'm eating just as many meals so i'm, I'm okay uh, in that regard yeah and also just to kind of shift gears again You've got a lot of exciting stuff happening. There's a there's a pause in the action in sports, but it seems like for you that is not stopped. Your life is still going. It's still busy. Um, you're doing a lot of stuff with Project Life and Jump Ministries. Um, so if you would like, just please inform the viewers who may not know um, what kind of journey you're on and that and and helping them um, and supplying food and things like that. Yeah. So uh, Project Life is an organization that I've worked with. Um, from time to time, last summer we went to Trinidad. They took me to Trinidad and they put on a food festival out there for the people. Um, so now they're just trying to do something else with everything that's going on. So I'm just kind of the face and helping push it. Um, but from Monday through Friday, I think this is the third week is going to end and they're going to continue to do this until the uh, coronavirus is over with. But uh, Monday through Friday, breakfast and lunch, uh, kids 18 and under will be able to come up to uh, Jump Ministries Global Church and get a, a hot plate of food. Um, it's a grab and go style. They're trying to, you know, everybody's wearing masks, everybody's wearing gloves. Um, and they're also dropping off plates of food to extended stay hotels in different, you know, poor areas of Orlando. Um, and I think at this point, it's about 3,000 meals they've given out so far. So they've been doing a great job in impacting the community. And uh, every Friday, they're handing out a box of non-perishables uh, to families um, that should last them about a week. So they're just really focused on making sure families and kids don't go hungry during this time. Um, because with the shutdowns, kids aren't really getting their food from school. And um, some families can't afford to kind of buy two, two, three weeks of groceries in advance. So they're just trying to stand in the gap and do that. So I've just, I've just been helping push it. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the least important person. They're the ones on the ground doing all the work. I'm just uh, trying to use my face to, to push it. Yeah, man. And that, and that stuff is so cool. I was watching that video today where you were explaining that, that 
this stuff, the food will last for a whole week, yeah. which you think about it, you know, you can just say it and just you know, in one ear and out the other, but for food to last a whole week for some, for a lot of families, that's a blessing. And, and, and people who right now have so much going on that, that they just like, they, they don't have time to think about where's my next meal going to come from. That type of stuff is so huge. And, uh, Jonathan, if you could just kind of tell us if fans want to get involved, listeners of the podcast want to get involved, how can they do that and, and help out project life and drum ministries? Uh, uh, thank you. You can head to projectlifenow.org. Um, that's the project life website that had the detailed, um, thing of everything that they're doing. Um, you can donate. You can also bring non-perishables to Jump Ministries Global Church um, Monday through Friday between 8 and 4 um, if you want to drop off anything like that. Uh, I've been going to the store almost every weekend just buying in bulk uh, non-perishables for the kids to eat and for them to hand out. So I, I've just, just been me trying to do my part. And and right now, you're someone who does like to be involved with the community. Yeah. And and right now, we, as you know, and as you've talked about, we have these guidelines that we're having to adhere to um, from the CDC, you know, staying uh, six feet apart, being in groups less than 10. Um, as someone who is so used to being in the community, are there any, obvi- besides the obvious of not being able to interact as closely with people, are there any challenges that you've run into um, during this time that you have to approach things differently than you would normally? Yeah, it's it's difficult, man. You know me, I'm, I'm used to being out. I'm used to interacting with people when it comes to uh, just anything like this, when it comes to church, um, but kind of no, no more pictures, no more pictures right there with people. <laughs> Uh, just trying to stay my distance. And, you know, as much as, you know, you don't want to live in, in, in fear, you want to be wise and, uh, you know, adhere to everything and make sure everybody's being safe. So it is it's definitely different for me personally, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with doing it uh, for the sake of making sure everybody stays safe. Right. And another thing just to kind of harp on, on your work in the community and what you do and kind of your passion that everybody has seen um, for the community and, and for people how would you say um, it's it's no secret, and you made it known that you are a Christ follower. Yes, um, and how does your faith impact your work in the community? And I'm I've really just been curious. Does did it start when you were younger? Have you always just kind of been instilled with this want to help others, or did that come along when when you met Christ? And and what does that look like for you? Yeah, I would say I wouldn't say it was it was always something uh, ever since I was a kid. I grew up in the church, so I've always had a a, a background of knowledge mm-hmm. of who Jesus was and um, what it is to go to church and to be a Christ follower and all that. But it wasn't really something that I held on to. Um, but I guess I've always been a pretty uh, kind of just low key guy. And I try to be a, a people pleaser and help people in any way that I can. Um, but when I when I when I did kind of go all in and really submit myself to Christ and, and get myself planted in the church, it really did all change in terms of. Um, just a recognition of man. I really have been blessed to be a blessing. And uh, when it comes to the community, man, a big a big part of it is like when when everything is going on, when it's the chaos of just the world in general. This, this coronavirus is one thing, but we're always in in some type of panic about 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 mm-hmm. something going on. Um, I see it as just like the firefighters, just like the the policemen. The church has a job to do. Um, we have a yeah. job to stand in the gap in the community and, and kind of uh, help when we can. Um, and we are we are at peace. For our lives in terms of we're not afraid if it is to to, to die if it is to uh to, to do anything we're not afraid we we live in in faith and love so um absolutely to be able to do this i don't i just i, I wouldn't feel comfortable and i know the church won't feel comfortable just sitting on our hands um even though it, it 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 is wise to be completely safe so we're doing all that stuff making sure we're safe masks and gloves um but we have to kind of do we have to do something um you know to help i love that answer jonathan and i want to 
take this as an opportunity to kind of segue. And, you know, a, a big part of the reason that Luke and I were so excited to talk to you is because for as young as you are, and, and we're not much older, but um, just the example that you've set really since pretty early since coming into the NBA, the example that you set for um, young men, but also young Christians, right? The the boldness that you have, the confidence, the calm that you speak with, you can, you can just tell that you have the joy and the peace of the Holy Spirit, you know, in your presence at all times. So I just cannot commend you enough on that. But something that I, I've always wanted to ask you, right? So we all, you know, have different workplaces and things like that, that we try to navigate, you know, our daily lives, living as Christians, trying to live out the example of Christ the best that we can. So um, what, what do some of those challenges look like for you being in, in the NBA? And what advice would you give to a believer that is coming into the league? Uh, I, w- I would say the evidence that I, I mean, the, the, the advice that I always get and that I always draw to um, is, is, is wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Um, so when, when I, when I think about, um, kind of walking out my faith, uh, in my workplace and the NBA, it's not, it's not something that's easy to do, um, with just the culture of the, the, the NBA, the culture of just the culture, the culture of the world period. Um, so I try to, I try to live it. Um, I don't want to say more than I say it, but I want, I want my faith to be acknowledged in the things that I do and not just the things that I say. So I try my best to, to live a life. That, that, that represents Christ and, and who he is and, and what he's done in my heart and my life. And it, it absolutely is a process. It's not a one-stop shop thing. Um, I try to represent myself. And um, if that is, listen, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to say this. I'll say this. I'll go here. I'll do that and try to live my life in a way where people can say, okay, I see what you're doing and I respect what you're doing. I'm, you're not preaching at me. You're not telling me I need to go do this and this, this and that. Um, but, I, but I respect it. And people, people do respect it. Um, right. that, that I've noticed. So I, my thing is just getting it in my heart to where I, I walk it out more than I talk it. And, and at the end of the day, people, I, I see it as something that I, I have something that people need and, and people really, re, people really do need it as much as we try to, uh, kind of make sure, make it look like everything is okay. Um, and people really do recognize and see, and I, I know that in my life, um, I've had people who impacted me when I was a young, younger person. Um, that it wasn't until years later that I had a, a conversation to say, man, what you did back then, you didn't say anything to me, but seeing how you lived your life, it impacted me. Um, so I'm not really focused on, focused on, man, I need to, I need to do something right now. This person needs to get saved right now. I'll, I'll, you know, all that stuff. I want to live my life in a way. Um, and you, I, I, you see that stuff come back um, on on the back end. I, I I love that. I love the the you know the example, like you said, that you're trying to be that example in what you do, not as much as, as what you say. Another thing that I wanted to ask you is that you've been very vocal about the fact that um, it, actually in one of your sermons, you made a reference that uh, you and your life was the circle and Jesus was that dot. If you guys haven't watched that, you can find a lot of the sermons that John. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, but you made that reference. So when was the point uh, where I think it, I'm I'm guessing it came sometime after you joined the Magic, where Jesus became that circle and you became the dot. Yeah, I, I would say I would say your timing is right. What it, what it, the experience for me was? Uh, sorry, one second. Uh, the, the experience for me was. Uh, I I think I said it. I stated in the sermon. I kind of had my faith in, in my back pocket, to where I would I would go through life. I grew up in the church, so I knew things. So I would live. I would be living my life. Um, and then when times got tough, it would be what I would rely, relied on. So I go back and I say, oh, God, if you get me out of this, uh, 
oh, I had a bad game. Let me pray. Let me do something like that. That's 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 how I would live my life. And it would kind of be this cycle of, um, you know, falling on falling on the grace of God, getting back and kind of forgetting that I just did and just living my life the way that I saw fit. And it wasn't until uh, uh, I remember I went to chapel one time and the, the chaplain said Luke 646. So shout out to Luke. Uh, Luke 6, <laughs> the verse, and it says... Not the same Luke. Not the same Luke. <laughs> it's, it says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Um, and that verse, um, for the first time, it's the first time I heard it, it really penetrated my heart and kind of seeing like, man, um, I do kind of... If someone was to ask me today, I would tell them that I'm a Christian, um, but I'm not really living that life. I don't really care very much about what Jesus has to say about this, about that, about that. I'm not really living my life in the, in the confines of his word. Um, and it just started to mess with me, and I kind of went on this journey of, man... Uh, God reveal yourself to me um, and in circumstances and situations and just getting in his word and learning and growing he did um, and now I understand that those things in terms of you know people people say you know God's trying to take away your fun God's trying to do that but just like a parent um, you know they want the best for you and they want you to, to 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 live the best way and Jesus said I came that you might have life and have life more abundantly and I man, like, man in doing what God is asking me to do and pursuing him my life is becoming more and more abundant. Um, so I want to continue to do that. Yeah. And I was talking to, to Jonathan the other day and I said, man, we're in such unprecedented times. Um, the fact that, you know, normally the church or Christ followers or even just everyday people, you look at someone, you ask them, Hey, what have you been up to? What, what, what's on your heart? Where, what's, what are you struggling with right now? For the first time in probably the history of the universe, we all can say, Oh, not much. We're just at home. We're, you know, we're struggling for food. My, my wife lost her job. My, my husband, um, is, is struggling, you know, working from home with kids or, you know, we've all got the same mutual problem. Yeah. And I, I think right now the, the one thing we all lack is, is hope. I think that a lot of people struggle with that. Um, so with that being said, where do you what do you tell people or what's your message for people right now who who think that this is the the deepest the valley is going to get and they're never going to see that peak um again what what is your message for those people and what's kind of that message of hope that you yourself are clinging to right now i'm actually going to be going to be speaking uh tomorrow night um and live on a uh, youtube and uh jgntv.com um and my my message that i'm talking about is peace and, uh, you know, the Bible's kind of version of peace isn't just like the beach, tranquil, everything is fine, you're relaxed, it's peace in the midst of a storm. Um, and how do, you, how do you find peace in the midst of a storm? You have to you have, to have your foundation, your trust in something that, 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 that lasts or that can't be touched. So if my peace or my trust is in my job, once my job is touched, then my peace is gone. Um, so everybody in the world, like you said, is affected the same way right now. Um, in, in different aspects, but a lot of the same way. They're, they're not at peace at what's being touched in their lives. Their job is being touched. Their money's being touched. Um, family members are dying and all that. So how do you find peace in the midst? And you go to, uh, I think it's Matthew 6, and uh, the disciples are in the boat with Jesus. And uh, the, the winds are starting to take over, and they're going crazy. They're panicking. And then what do they do? They run to Jesus. And they say, Jesus, um, we're afraid we're going to die. And Jesus says, you have little faith, <laughs> right? So it's like, mm-hmm. how do you find peace in the midst of a storm? You trust God. You believe the word of God. You get back to the word of God that says all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. Um, that says he'll never leave us or forsake us. That says take heart. Um, even though you'll have troubles in this world, I have overcome the world. Those are the words of Jesus. So I, I, I try my best to get those words into my heart and choose to believe them um, over what the world is showing. Um, and I, I understand that 
with Jesus, it's eternal, right? Everything else in this world is, is, is temporal. I can put my trust in my job. I can put my trust in my health. And all of, all of that is temporal. At the end of the day, um, we're all going to die at, the end of, at some point. At the end of the day, uh, this COVID-19 is going to be over and life's going to go back to the way it was. But something else is going to come that's going to try to steal your peace. But if, you're, if, you're, if your trust is in something that's truly foundational and eternal like Jesus is, um, you'll be able to stand the test of time and we can take the we can take a uh, we can learn from the disciples. All right. In this, in this instance, their faith was grown by them running to Jesus and Jesus rebuking the winds and the waves. They said, mm-hmm. wow, who is this man that controls the winds, the winds and the waves? And their their faith was strengthened. So we can follow suit just like them and say, man, uh, we got to run to Jesus. We got to run to the, the one thing that's eternal and and uh, uh, allow him to, to take over. And he wants to. He wants to. So that's the second part of the message. Yeah. God wants to. To to uh to bear our burdens, he wants to bear our needs. He wants to show us that he's able to do it. Um, so like the disciples ran to him, he wanted to show them, look, I'm able to rebuke the winds and the waves in your life if you would run to me. And so that's what I've been doing. It's just, man, I don't know what else to do in this situation. I'm afraid. I'm this. I'm that. I gotta run to Jesus, and he wants me to do it because he wants my faith to be encouraged. Man, did you, did you just did you just give us the whole sermon for tomorrow? <laughs> I think I think you might have. Partially, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. And and where did you say again that you'll be talking about that? Where you'll be giving your sermon tomorrow on YouTube? I'll be live on uh, uh, I think it's Jump Ministries Global Church uh, YouTube page, and also you can check it out at jgntv.org. I think .com or .org um, uh, for it live. I think it's going to be at seven thirty. Gotcha. Cool. Thank you, man. Something something that you mentioned just a, a few moments ago. You're really you know making a reference to where you're drawing your identity from. Yeah. Right? If you, if you're drawing your identity from your job or or from your financial situation, this this storm you know that that you refer to that we're all in right now, uh, it's really easy for for the enemy to come in and steal your peace if that's where you're finding your identity. So, uh, before we get into the rapid fire questions, the last question I wanted to ask you is, what what would you say is you know, we're we're going to be releasing this on Friday, on Good Friday, the day that, that Jesus was crucified and died for our sins. And then we're also going to head into the celebration of Easter Sunday, this coming Sunday. So for, for people that have may never heard the gospel or people, you know, you mentioned that people think that you have to give all of these things up for Christ. But what they don't realize is, is what Christ is really going to give you in return. So for people that have met, maybe never heard the gospel, can you just as, as quickly or in as many words as you would like, explain that to the people? Cause we could say it all day, but coming from you, it just means so much more. Yeah. I, I would say that the gospel is simple to me uh, in the sense that it's man, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, and that's, that's, that's a verse that's in the Bible. God is giving us a promise that if you try me out, if you taste me, you will see that I'm good. And that's what I've done in my own life. And I'm sure you guys have done that as well. But the, the human condition, universal, everybody's struggling. Everybody's going through something that is impacting them, some things from their childhood, some things that is making life tough. Um, but God wants to carry that burden. He says, come to me, all who are weary um, and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. And that's exactly what the gospel is. The gospel is we are apart from God. Um, because of things that have happened um, throughout history um, and in our own lives. But God is extending that grace and that mercy in his son who died for us, that in that we would find who we are as people. Um, you said it perfectly that people find their identity in things that that their identity shouldn't be in. Right. People people really do take their lives. People really do kill themselves over a, a, a lost business or a, a something that they had all of their identity in. And once that was stripped from them, they felt like they were worthless. Um, but if you would turn to God's word and God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and um, 
I know for me, a big part, uh, I'm, I'm sure you gentlemen can, can, uh, can attest to that, is like my manhood. Um, a big part about uh, me coming to Christ and him being able to shape who I am as a man, my identity is not my jump shot. My identity is not the, my, the money in my bank account or the woman that's on my arm. My identity is, is founded um, in who God says I am. So you can take all of that away. And, you know, I can never make another shot that doesn't make me less of a man. It doesn't make me less of a, a human being. Um, and it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't affect me in the way that it might affect somebody else that has their identity in their jump shot. Um, so like I said, just taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, uh, the big part about it is a lot of people, they have to get to the end of themselves. Um, and that's what it was for me. I had to come to a place where I'm like, man, I'm living in a way that I don't like. I don't like myself. Um, and, and I need change. And, and that's exactly Jesus is there with open arms um, um, waiting. He says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. And if you would open up and allow me to come in and eat with you, he will. Beautifully said, man. Uh, I'm going to take the the segue here where you mentioned that your identity is not your jump shot. However, fans have, or David Steele especially, has given you the identity of the minister of defense. <laughs> Had it not been for that freak injury in Washington on New Year's Day, we are completely convinced that not only would you have been first you know, defensive team All-NBA, but you would have been a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. We're going to take this opportunity to switch gears here, make the conversation a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, we're going to get into some rapid-fire questions here. Luke, do you want to take the first one? Yeah, so Jonathan, a couple years ago at Media Day, um, there's a group, Free Daps, um, who does freestyle raps. Um, I know they're at Disney a lot. Um, Disney Springs, I believe it is, but they came into Orlando Media Day, and I know this because I was one of the cameramen behind the camera that day as I was interning with Lakeland. So, Jonathan, you don't know it, but I I met you that day, and um, and and so that was a really cool opportunity that I got. It was my first you know time, my first responsibility that Orlando or Lakeland gave me. So that was a really cool um, first thing to get to do. But in that interview, you said. Um, your unrealistic dream job is to be a zookeeper. And you said the reason that you aren't is uh, mainly because you're deathly afraid of those animals. So, uh, so with that being said, um, kind of connecting the, the, the zookeeper part to um, a show on Netflix that's become a phenomenon is uh, Tiger King. I started it. I started it. I didn't finish it. You started it. You're in for quite the roller coaster. Um, it is. It is. It. I. Jonathan and I were talking about it um, the other day on one of our podcasts, and I was saying like, with every episode, it gets weirder and weirder, and you just kept waiting for someone to say it was a joke. If they feel like they're straight movie characters, someone scripted them. They're insane. The whole thing just gets. I keep watching. Y'all scare me. <laughs> you should. You should definitely keep watching. Um, because you know, we're all quarantined and, you know, trying to stay home and, you know, there's nothing else going on. So we, uh, that, that show is just crazy, but it, uh, it's one of those shows that makes you feel better about yourself, I think. <laughs> um, but, but it is, it is pretty funny. So with that being said, you said you started it. Um, how far into it are you? Just a couple minutes. Once it, once I started it, it already was weird to me and I was like, eh, I don't know. No, <laughs> you just, just give it a shot. Okay. Give it another shot. And uh, you can blame us if you ended up, you know, deeming it not 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 a good watch. So, yeah, I, it's uh, it's an interesting show, one I've never seen before. That's for sure. It seems like you've got some kind of tiger behind you there. Yeah, that's a. I think it's a tiger. It is a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> so you're already on the right track. Exactly. Um, Jonathan yeah. Isaac, Tiger King. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. So, Jonathan, next question: uh, What is your favorite road city to play? And this can be for any reason. It could be the arena, the atmosphere, the food in the city. Just your favorite city to play on, playing on the road. Uh, I think my favorite city to play is is, is Brooklyn. 
Um, I feel like every time I've played at Brooklyn, I've had a good game. Uh, so I, I, that's part of why I like it. Um, I, I like the arena a lot. I think it's real, like, tight, really close in. I like arenas like that. Uh, my second favorite would be Memphis. Not because of the game or anything like that, but they have a restaurant there called Flight. It's like a small plates restaurant where you can have like one meal is like three different plates of food, and it's like it's really good. So we go there as a team every time we play in Memphis. What what kind of food is that? You said it's it's three different. They have the they have the you know the the southern you know style Memphis food, and then they have uh, American and all types of fish and every everything. What's your meal? Your go to meal at Flight? At Flight they have okay. So my three plates they have a uh, uh, chicken and waffles. <laughs> okay respect i think it's like a shrimp and grits is one and then that, there's like a bison that's really good on like a bed of like risotto bison wow. yeah, real nice nice that's crazy but then next question we've got for you jonathan is which game show do you think that you have you would have the best shot at winning so that'd be jeopardy wheel of fortune you know deal or no deal uh out of those shows not necessarily just those but in game shows which one do you think you'd have the best chance of winning I was actually I was actually on Deal or No Deal or No Deal. Yeah, we didn't want it. We didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> we we didn't want to. We hey, it's okay. I, I was on there for a little spot. I was so nervous on it. It was my first time actually really like being on something. Yeah. When was that? I think it was I think it was during my rookie year. My rookie during year. your rookie year. So that was like before you had done. Yeah, before you had done anything like that, I can imagine. And. Didn't look like the hoop was the best. Yeah, and no, 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 no. It was awkward angle. It's threw your depth perception off. Right, right. Excuses on my part. It is what it is. But just because I've interacted with that show, I feel like I'd be the best at that one. Just because I kind of know what's what it's about. Yeah, right. yeah. That's that's definitely a show that I watched a lot growing up. Howie Mandel and he, you know, that show is just always so fun to me. And it didn't seem like you had to do much. You just relied on luck, and that's it. And so I, I feel like. Yeah, that's definitely probably a popular answer because things like Jeopardy, things like that, that takes a lot of studying. Gotta think. When I, whenever I think of game shows, I think back to like the old Nickelodeon stuff, like Double Dare, mm. Guts. Yeah, like, yeah. Cr- you know, climbing the Agro Crag. I don't know if you guys watched that show back in the day. Agro Crag, wow. I'd be all <laughs> over that. I'd be all over that. So, Jonathan, with Easter coming up, uh, unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, especially you, your family might be, you know, spread around the country or, or whatever the case may be, um, not really able to have the traditional Easter dinner like we normally would. But on, at the Isaac household, what is typically what has to be on the table for Easter dinner? Uh, Easter dinner. Uh, my mom makes really good macaroni and cheese. Uh, it's just mm. a cheese, a ridiculous amount of cheese. Mm. Um, and I, I love uh, this is maybe weird. I love plantains, like fried. Oh, plantains. you're I, speaking of the choir. Yeah, yeah. I have them with. Oh, I have a chef now, so I have them with almost like every. Are we talking sweet or are we talking like the more potato, not as ripe plantains? Sweet, sweet, sweet. Oh, oh brother, that's the only way to go. That's all day. You ask all my day. wife. She she tells me I'm going to turn into a plantain. <laughs> oh, I, oh, dude, I love plantain. Yeah. If we ever if we ever hang out in person, plantains, plantains. are getting thrown down. You got you guys have any kids? I have, I do have uh, a child and one on the way, and then I and then I have one on the way as well with my wife. Let's go! Yeah, yeah sir. I love. That. I always ask people that, like, do you have kids? Like, I I love the just the idea of family and just the uh, you know unit being together. So dope for you guys. Yeah, Absolutely, man. Uh, eventually, we'll have a little you know Jonathan Isaac Jr. running around. A little unicorn running around. A little unicorn. A little unicorn. That's, little unicorn. that's and you did mention that if if you were going to be any animal in that interview, that you'd be a unicorn, which is just so fitting. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. incredible. I'd be a giraffe and a lion. 
I hate to drive a wedge between my, my two guests here, but we've got a Seminole and we've got a Gator. Indeed. I don't know if that was brought up. Yeah, Jonathan, I uh, I graduated from the University of Florida a couple years ago. and uh, was actually Before we start the interview. No, listen, I couldn't. I had to wait till the end. We knew you'd hang up. I had to wait. I had to wait. Yeah, man. And I, I was... Uh, I saw you play in person um, in March Madness uh, and at the Amway. So I guess that probably would have been your first game in the Amway, correct? Yep. But before you even knew that you'd, you know, end up in Orlando. But um, plan. also, while we're on this, this wasn't on the list. So Jonathan, forgive me, going off script here. Um, but PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. I got a PlayStation. Oh, yes, boy. sir. See, that's me and me and so the Jonathan's. Are, Oh, Jonathan and I are are split on that, but we're very thankful that uh, Call of Duty Warzone has cross platforming um, where we can play with each other. So me and me and Jonathan have been playing a lot of COD um, during this quarantine. So I had to kind of see where you were at. That's unfortunate. I should have known that Jonathan's were going to stick together on that answer. That's right. Though. Absolutely. All right. Last question, Jonathan. Before we let you go here, you have one day to spend a million dollars. You you have to spend a million dollars in one day. What do you do? What do you spend that million on? Has to be on yourself. Oh, you can't give it away. <laughs> Cannot give it away. He was about to go there. He was. I have to spend it on myself. Um, it does not have to be a single purchase. Yeah, I mean, I would probably take a trip somewhere, someplace really fancy. I don't know. I've never been to Dubai or uh, uh, maybe an island or something like that. Just take a spend a lot of the money on the trip itself, try right, to get right. experience in. I'll do that. So you're definitely an an experience over you know possession type person then. Yep. Yeah, I'd have to say I'm on the same boat as you for sure. I'd buy a Bugatti. I would just buy a Bugatti. <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. I I definitely would buy a 2000. That's only like 300. That's right. See, I don't even know that. I <laughs> I have no business even looking at prices of Bugattis. You said Bugatti. I don't know why I thought. I thought you said Bentley. No, Bugatti. That's your that's your whole million. <laughs> okay, well then there we go. I don't know about a Bentley either. If, if I had to buy anything, it'd be a 2014 Shelby Mustang. That's my that's my dream car. But but yeah, I buy that and then a bunch of other stuff. Who knows? But uh, Luke, do you have anything else for Jonathan before we let him go here? Uh, no, man. I I think I think we about touched everything. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time, my man. Just coming on here, taking the time with us. Just continue to do what you're doing, man. Not only on the court, but more importantly, in the community, spreading the gospel. You're doing God's work, man. I, I know that you know that, but I just want to take a moment to encourage you. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. Welcome back anytime. I appreciate you both, men of God. Thank you very much. Um, let's stay in touch. Absolutely, man. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. And hopefully we'll see you back on the court soon. Let's do it. Cool. All right, man. Thank right, you man. so much. Have a great day. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!